It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome into the Betting Pros Podcast, the March Madness episode. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Red, and I am thrilled to be joined tonight by my brother from another mother, Gus Kearns, at CKearns12 on Twitter. We've been on the Screen the Screener podcast before, and today we are here joined to preview the first round of the NCAA tournament here on Betting Pros. Gus, welcome aboard. Thank you for the inclusion. Excited to do our thing. Pleased to do this on this particular platform with you. Couldn't ask for anything more. And what you couldn't ask more for, folks, is more March Madness free contests. You can make some bets. You can place your wagers, favorites, underdogs. But what you can also do is go to bettingpros.com and enter the March Madness bracket contest. Free to enter, $2,500 in prizes from FanDuel to the top 20 scores and additional prizes from pristine auction. First place, a Shaquille O'Neal signed Lakers jersey. Second place, a Giannis Antetokounmpo signed Bucks jersey. Third place, John Calipari signed Kentucky Wildcats jersey. And fourth place, the one Joe and I talked about the other night, the Bob Knight signed 16 by 20 photo inscribed best wishes. Go to bettingpros.com backslash March for more info on the contest. Bettingpros.com, NCAB tournament bracket contest terms are all there. The Betting Pros Optimizer, if you want to do some research, Gus and I always research before we talk and see where people are leaning. You can go to the Optimizer there, use that, and then go into the contest. Free bracket contest here, bettingpros.com backslash March. Gus, the bracket is out. We have what we need. And I think what we have, partner, overall is a pretty balanced tournament, wouldn't you say? I definitely would agree. People are going to quibble and argue over some of the numbers that stand next to some of the teams. But I think as far as the inclusion of the teams in this particular bracket, 2022 edition, I think we're off to a pretty good start. And I can't wait to pick some games. So this is what we're going to do, folks. We will go through each of the four regions and talk about the games and the spreads in each one of those regions and give our thoughts. We'll go over the playing games for those two regions. We'll give a first round pick. Gus will give his. I'll give mine. And then we will actually predict the eight teams that we think will make the round of 32. So maybe somebody doesn't cover, but they do advance. That's what we'll do for each of the four regions. Break it down. Let's see how we do. We will start in the West region. Gus and I have been huge fans of the Zags. Gonzaga Bulldogs, the absolute number one seed. And looking now at the spreads in this region, we have the play-in game, which we'll talk about in a minute. Notre Dame minus one versus Rutgers. That's a very important game. Notre Dame opened minus a half point. We have Gonzaga minus 23 and a half versus Georgia State. That went down a little bit from the opening. Memphis minus two and a half versus Boise State. Gus, I'm very interested in that game. Open minus one and a half. People are betting Memphis. Connecticut minus six and a half versus New Mexico State. Open at minus seven. Arkansas open minus six and a half. Vermont has now dropped. It's Arkansas minus five against Vermont. Texas Tech minus 15 and a half versus Montana. Same as the open. Michigan State minus two versus Davidson. That's also a critical one. And Duke minus 18 and a half versus Cal State Fullerton. It opened at minus 17. And predictably, people have bet on Duke. So, partner, why don't you kick us off here? Let's start with the play-in game pick. Talk to me about Notre Dame minus one right now versus Rutgers. I mean, if we have this game as almost a pick on a neutral court, my initial leaning is why not go Rutgers? Notre Dame might think they have the best player on the floor in Blake Wesley, but I'm going to say this is going to be a final possession type game. And we've seen Rutgers win these final possession type games. So if you're going to go with a pick'em game on a neutral court, why wouldn't you lean towards Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr., who's already done it twice this year? I think a late hit from one of those Rutgers Scarlet Knights are you advances and makes you some money. I have looked at this game since these brackets have come out. One of the toughest ones, partner, that I've had. Mm. My heart says Rutgers. Right. I want Rutgers. Jersey pride. We're rooting for it. My head says Notre Dame. Here's my rationale. I looked at the metrics of this matchup. Mm. And when I've been in these situations, 
and I've had a heart versus head pick and the metrics have been the other way, I've almost always seen the win with the metrics. I don't think Rutgers is going to be able to stop them from three. Rutgers has allowed opponents to shoot 34% from beyond the arc, and you know Notre Dame can shoot it 37.7% overall this year, top 20 in the country, 39.6 in the ACC. Notre Dame doesn't force a lot of turnovers. I understand that. Rutgers does. But Notre Dame doesn't turn the ball over on offense either. This is a tough one. Rutgers has had some big wins, but Notre Dame beat Kentucky and Rutgers has had some bad losses. I am hoping I'm wrong, Gus, but I am taking Notre Dame on this game. And gosh, I've thought a lot about it. You could analyze this a couple of different ways and come up with different results each different time, especially with this line being as skinny as it is. I seriously think it will be a final possession type game, and I think the score will be down. So you might want to take a peek at the under there if that's something that you take a peek at. But I'm going to still lean Rutgers. All right, and let's go through, partner, and get all your feelings on these games. I will start. Gonzaga minus 23.5 versus Georgia State. It opened Gonzaga minus 25.5. Where are you going here? All right, pretty easy here. Gonzaga is going to try to like rest their guys, quote-unquote, and sure the other guys will excel with opportunity. Now, if we take a closer look at this, both teams were very average against the spread. Zags 15 and 12. Georgia State only 13 and 12. I think Gonzaga has too much size. And if you lean one way or the other, I think I would lean with Gonzaga covering and Georgia State falling short in the second half. Next up, Memphis minus two and a half. Money is coming in on the Tigers. So it's up to two and a half versus Boise State. Open one and a half. Tigers, Broncos, where are you going? Since Thanksgiving, Boise has lost three games versus Wyoming, 72-65, and then to Colorado State, your Rams, twice, 77-74, 71-69. You got to score 70 to beat Boise. Memphis has scored 70 in 11 of its last 14 games, 12 of those being wins. The computers say almost pick them. I love the Dagenhart and Williams matchup, but I'm going to say Memphis has it continued to roll their direction since Imani Bates has stopped playing, and I like that they can put up enough points against that stout Boise State defense. Give me Memphis here. Connecticut, minus 6.5. It's dropped a little bit. New Mexico State, we love New Mexico State, but do you like them here only getting 6.5 against UConn? You said it exactly right. Don't like them here. Love them overall. Really bad matchup. UConn has beat both Auburn and Nova, and they have zero garbage losses if you take a look. Now, New Mexico State did beat Davidson, and they housed Teddy Allen and Jabari Rice, one of the most underrated backcourts in the country. I'm going to trust UConn's grit and size here, and I really like UConn in this spot. This has been a push-button topic here. We have Arkansas minus six. It's down to minus five now. Arkansas minus five versus Vermont. Very interesting game, Gus. What do you say? Now, the head and the heart are going to be in the same place here. And also, we'll include the mind as well. If we take a look at some of the metrics, and maybe some of the metrics that might be off the radar, like uh, one of our good friends, Evan Miyakawa, at Evan Mia on Twitter, He has a ranking of which lineups have been the most productive in college basketball this season. Guess who has a top five lineup in the nation? Yeah, that's right. Vermont. They have everybody healthy. I love Vermont in this spot. Don't like them. Love Vermont in this spot. I think it's going to be maybe even an outright win. And I think that people might be sleeping on the Catamounts a bit. Okay, so Gus, Alabama, of course, we don't know yet against Rutgers, uh, Notre Dame. We talked about that. Next up, Texas Tech minus 15 and a half. This number has held firm against Montana State. We have basketball narcolepsy. We love Montana State. What do you think here? Well, Montana State has an interesting influx from Europe. They have uh, three players from England on their team, and all of them are impactful. As much as that's charming and that we love that Montana State is the representative out west, They had to go through the the traditional powerhouse in the Grizz. Texas Tech, they're going to suffocate Montana State with their personnel size and versatility. Both teams are solid against the spread. Montana State was 17 and 14, and Texas Tech was 20 and 13. 
I'm going to lean Tech here and let go of all those points. I think they're going to cover here. This next one is interesting. Michigan State minus two against Davidson. Michigan State the seven, Davidson the 10. This game is not until 940 on Friday, which of course is critical with point guard Tyson Walker status unknown for the Spartans. Where do you go here? Davidson and Michigan State, this might be the best coaching matchup within the first round. I really think that the computers are are kind of tied up here. So if we're in a pick em situation, I like getting a couple of points with Davidson here. And plus, this might be the foster lawyer, like, wants to stick it to his old team oh, type game. Oh, good one. Yes. So I'm going to lean the offensive efficiency of Coach McKillop. Last one, the Dukies, two seed. Don't know why they were two seed over Tennessee, but we can get to that in another podcast. Dukies minus 18 and a half versus Cal State Fullerton open Duke minus 17. Understand why that went that way. Of course, Duke is going to attract a ton of attention, whether it be TV viewers or money sending their direction. There's so much talent there with Duke, and they, of all the teams, really needed a reset, maybe as much as Texas does in this particular tournament. And I think both teams were, you know, slightly average against the spread. Cal State Fullerton was a 16 and 12. Duke was 17 and 15. So there's nothing to stand out there. I'm going to say Duke dropped some numbers here. I think they play with a little bit of freedom now that they don't have an ACC title to contend for and they don't have the retirement game or Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. I think they go ahead and just win this thing by 20. Well, there you go, folks. Now I'll run it back. We talked about the playing game. I'm going Notre Dame. Next up, Gonzaga. Gus, I found that all the one seeds I felt were way too low, Mm. way too low with the point spreads. Gonzaga played fairly Dickinson as a one in 2019. They beat him 87-49. Gonzaga played Norfolk State last year as a one, 98-55. I get Georgia State. I understand that. I don't know why I'm not laying 25. So 24 and a half, 25, whatever it is, I will lay it there with the Zags. I think they pull ahead in the second half. Boise State versus Memphis. I'm calling it right now. This is one of the picks I am the most sure of. I am absolutely taking Boise State. There is recency bias here with the Tigers. I know that they've lost Bates and now they're playing better and they're hot and they beat UCF, SMU, lost to Houston. Boise State is disciplined. Boise State rebounds. They're going to totally feed off the fact that Memphis is 352nd in the nation in turnover rate. Love Boise in this game. It may be my favorite pick of the entire first round. I know the money's going to Memphis. I know people like Memphis. They see them dunking. They see them doing all these things. Folks, Boise State won a really good Mountain West this year, a really good Mountain West, and they did it in grand fashion. They beat Nevada, Wyoming, San Diego State. I will take that over Memphis. I am taking Boise State. Excellent. Next up, I think you hit it on the head with Connecticut. I find that it's very hard to upset teams in the first round that have quality bigs. I think Sonogo is a quality big for UConn. I think just like the old Tyler Hansborough, you rarely saw Roy Williams teams with the Tar Heels, Gus, lose in the early round because they had Tyler Hansborough. And this is the situation. I don't see New Mexico State doing this. I saw New Mexico State earlier this year. They were very impressive. And of course, they're extremely well coached. I saw New Mexico State earlier this year against Davidson and Utah State early on. They ended up beating the Davidson team 75-64 and then struggled mightily with the turnovers and the craziness against Utah State, being ate them up inside. I think a similar situation happens here. I'm going to lay the points with UConn. Arkansas, Vermont, I have mentioned this to you privately. Vermont is due for another big win. We were there together watching Sorrentine and Coppenrath with a big win over Syracuse. When was that, 2003? They are due. Everyone is picking Arkansas in this game, and the line is going down. The line is actually going the other direction. So the casinos are saying, yeah, we know you're all betting Arkansas, and here's more motivation to do so. I love Vermont. Vermont hasn't just been winning, Gus. They've been covering their games at the end of the year. Smashing people. Smashing people, beating them comfortably. John Becker does a great job. I know there's no Anthony Lamb, but this team is solid. I will take Vermont here with the points as well. On the bottom, Texas Tech, Montana State, defense travels. Texas Tech is just going to lock down Montana State. They haven't seen anyone like that this year. I will lay those points there with Texas Tech. 
Davidson versus Michigan State. Great call with the Forster Lawyer revenge game. I love revenge game narratives. You know that. <laughs> Davidson should have beaten Richmond. They played really well. Richmond just had a magic ride there at the end. They can shoot the three, rebound inside, well coached. Michigan State has not put it together all year. It's just been a very up and down year. They struggle to get consistent offense. I know they're going to bully Davidson, but Davidson has seen games like this before throughout the year. They're not going to be shocked playing Michigan State when they've had games this year against these top teams, they go in and they go on the road and win at VCU 63-61. They know what it's like to go up against one of these teams. Love Davidson to win it outright. I'll take the two. And Duke versus Cal State Fullerton, sure. I, I mean, with the all with the exception of the Lehigh game, Gus, I'm going to take Duke here and lay the points. I don't think the Cal State Fullerton can hang with them, but I don't like Duke that far, but I do like them in the first round. I don't think that Cal State Fullerton has a C.J. McCollum on their roster, so I think we're okay. CJ McCollum is walking through that door. So, partner, really quick, run it down for me. I'll give the game. You tell me who's winning it. Forget the spread. Gonzaga, Georgia State. Zags. Boise State, Memphis. I like Memphis. Connecticut, New Mexico State. Go Huskies. Arkansas, Vermont. I mean, we have to go Catamounts. Go Catamounts. This is going to be the game. Rutgers, Notre Dame. Rutgers. Texas Tech, Montana State. Texas Tech. Michigan State, Davidson. Davidson, please. And Duke, Cal State, Fullerton. Duke. I will go Zags, Boise State, UConn, Vermont, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Davidson, and Duke. Let is, let's move it to the other side here, to the South region, right across going down these games. We have Wright State versus Bryant, which is a great game I love, by the way. Wright State minus three out of the horizon versus Bryant, open Wright State minus two. We have Seton Hall minus one versus TCU, same line. Houston minus eight and a half versus UAB. That is interesting. Illinois minus seven and a half versus Chatta. Chattanooga opened eight and a half money coming in on Chattanooga. Michigan minus two and a half versus Colorado State. We can spend the whole pot on that game. Tennessee <laughs> minus 17 over Longwood. Ohio State minus a half point of Loyola to Chicago. Gus, this has gone back and forth. Mm. So depending on the way the money is, Loyola Chicago has been a favorite. Now they're a slight underdog. Villanova minus 15 and a half versus Delaware. So here we go. Talk to me. All right, so number one, let's talk Wright State Bryant. You're going to have three awesome players in this game with Peter Kiss, Charles Pride, who went off for over 40 points this season already, Peter Kiss's teammate, and then you're going to have Tanner Holden on the other side, who's a threat for a triple-double any single time. I'm going to go with Bryant here, and this is why. They've won 16 out of their last 17 games. There has to be something said for the culture for the expectation, and for the, like the, the swag and the chip on the shoulder that Bryant plays with. So I'm going to roll with Bryant here. If I can grab a, a, a couple points, absolutely, let's do it. Seton Hall, Big East, minus one versus TCU. TCU is a very nebulous team. Not a lot of people realize how good a job Jamie Dixon has done down there. What do you think here with the Pirates and the Horn Frogs? Well, one of the things that Seton Hall has over many of its opponents is – a positional length and size all over the floor. TCU can kind of match that. They have positional size kind of all over the floor as well, even at the guard position. Miles is fantastic. So I think we're going to have a little grinded out, little rock fight here. But I'm going to take the hall here. I'm going to think that they might have an impact player that has an impact game, whether it be Kale, whether it be Roden. I think one of those guys is going to go for 20-plus, and that's going to be the difference here. The computers are going to give us the numbers that look pretty similar, but I think Seton Hall might have more talent. And on a neutral court, let's take the further talent. This is a fascinating game. Houston Cougars versus UAB. People don't like Houston. They say they haven't played anyone. People don't like UAB. They say they haven't played anyone outside of conference. Where do you go here? Houston minus 8.5 versus the Blazers. The absolute Blazers. Here's the reason why. When you take a really close look at what Houston has had issues with this season, go directly back to the games against SMU. SMU has one of the best point guards in the nation in Kendrick Davis, and he gave them tons of trouble and even got a win against Houston this past season inside the AAC. Go ahead and plug in Jelly Walker for Kendrick Davis. Plug in UAB's defensive grit. Plug in... Trey Jemison on the inside, who's going to be an absolute force and a wreck around the rim. And then you have Buffin, who's a, a high major transfer. He's not going to be scared of anything Houston is going to throw at them. I love UAB here. 
I even love UAB just straight up. Illinois minus seven and a half versus Chattanooga. I don't know what to make of this fighting Illini team, Gus. Every time I watch them, they disappoint. Where are you going here? Seven and a half point spread with Chatta. I think we got to lean Chatta. And the reason we have to lean Chatta is just because of the uh, schizophrenic nature of Illinois. I don't know what kind of Andre Cabello we're going to get. If we're going to get like the Mad Hatter Andre Cabello that makes unbelievably odd decisions, or if we're going to get like the magician with the ball. Another thing to pay attention here about Chattanooga is they own enough size at every position, and they actually have somebody that can match up against Kofi Coburn with D'Souza, 6'9", 250, former Kansas transfer. So it's not like Kofi Coburn is just going to come in and dunk on people. He's going to have to dunk on somebody else that's a big-time player inside. And we know that Usually Illinois, then their and their veteran guards might have a little pull here. I don't know. I think Chattanooga is is really live here, so I, I love getting some points here. I'm offended by this line. Michigan as the 11 seed minus two and a half versus Colorado State. Come on, Gus, talk to me. Oh, uh, I mean, you could definitely expand on this one, but I'm going to take Rams as well. Yes. The one thing to find out for to look out for is the David Roddy foul trouble situation whether he's going to guard Hunter Dickinson or uh, another another Michigan player that might cause him to you know be exposed or uh, isolated out on the wing. As long as he stays out of foul trouble, I'm going to argue that he's the best player on the floor. So both teams are awful against the spread. So if we can get a couple points here, yeah, I, I'm in on that. Tennessee minus 17 versus Longwood. Opened 18. Longwood's getting some points here. There'd be nobody in the country would be hotter except for Arizona, maybe, than Tennessee entering this. Where do you go here? Uh, I'm going Tennessee. Not sure that Longwood has seen a defensive team like Tennessee. And I think their lead guard, Justin Hill, will definitely have issues with all of the defenders that he's going to take a look at, whether it be Chandler, whether it be Ziegler, whether it be Viscovi. Like, I, I think... Each one of those players are going to give Hill some issues, and I like Tennessee big here. There's never been a better use of the Chris Farley gift than this next game. No idea. Ohio State minus a half point of Loyola Chicago. Talk to me. All right. Well, I think if we have no idea, and you know that Loyola Chicago is going to have that name and that that clout, but are they the same team? There's no Cameron Crutwig. I know they have Williams, who's going to be is a defensive ace on the wing, but be careful here. The Buckeyes are limping in and they're very vanilla right now. They have the best player on the floor in EJ Liddell, and they might have one of the players that blows up in the tournament in Malachi Brennan. He is a freshman guard that's figuring it out and can drop 30 at any time. Is he going to drop 30 against Loyola Chicago? No, but guess what? If he drops 19 and EJ Liddell does his normal stuff, the Buckeyes are going to win. And last one here, getting some steam as well. Delaware, 15 and a half point underdog to Villanova. Nova minus 15 and a half versus Delaware. Bit of a proximity rivalry, Gus. What do you think here? Well, I think there's also like a Division One AA football rivalry, uh, you uh, know, that, that's kind of on the side Beautiful. here. Yes. And this is also the Dylan Painter revenge game. I mean, wow. let's not forget that. <laughs> Listen, Delaware has long guards uh, that have been there for a really long time. And plus they have Philly legend blood with Jameer Nelson Jr. on the roster. So guess what? I kind of like the Blue Hens here. Yep. I, I, I like them getting that many points. If it keeps, you know, if it stays in the 15 range, that kind of works for me. Excellent job. Running it back here. I'm with you on Bryant. I've seen enough of Brian. Peter Kiss has that mojo going right now. And listen, I like Wright State. They got over the hump. They always they eliminated the last two, maybe three to four times uh, years in the first round of the horizons. They got over it this year. Good for them. I like Brian, especially if you're giving me points. Absolutely there. TCU versus Seton Hall. Listen, you know from our other podcasts, I'm not backing <laughs> Kevin Willard in this. I think TCU is pretty underrated. They've played particularly well, especially in conference. Mm. They ended up beating Texas Tech and Kansas back-to-back at home. I know the game were home, Gus, but you beat Texas Tech and Kansas back-to-back. You're beating elite competition. I think they get up here for Seton Hall, and they're getting a point. I love it. UAB, Houston, peanut butter, and jelly walker. UAB, and I understand if people don't like it, they're going to say, listen, 
UAB hasn't played that many top 20 teams this year. They've been really impressive, but they're king of the little people. They're non-conference gusts, UNC Asheville, Moorhead State, Rhodes. Okay, not even Division One. South Carolina, Alabama, AM, New Mexico, lost to San Fran, St. Louis. Okay, I get it. But I think that they are the type of team that's going to get up and get steals. They're going to get after Houston. They're going to be very Memphis-like against Houston. It's a little frisky here, but since you're going to end up giving me a decent number, I will grab it with UAB. Illinois, Chattanooga, you took the words out of my mouth. Teams with bigs usually do well. Chatta has a big. Silvio D'Souza, we know him of the chair-throwing incident in Kansas, is now on Chattanooga. He can match Coburn. And if you can do that, Corbello has not been the same this year after getting injured up and down. Turnovers don't like Illinois in this game whatsoever going with Chatta. Colorado State versus Michigan, enough. I faded Michigan from the beginning of the year. I faded them, Gus, in that opening game at the half when they had an incredible first half and everybody yep. on Twitter's like, you're crazy. Yeah, since that first half of that first game, they've gone the other direction. Howard has just returned. Colorado State veteran team. Love Nico Medved as a head coach in this. David Roddy's dominant. The only thing is foul trouble. I'll take the points with Colorado State. Tennessee Longwood, also in agreement. Longwood hasn't seen the type of defense Tennessee's bringing them. They're going to get after you. They're going to pressure. It's just a different level here. So I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. Well done, man. I think everyone's on Loyola, Chicago. There yes. is recency bias. Last year, Ohio State comes in flying to the tournament. They lose to Oral Roberts. This year, they're coming in limping, and I think they're going to beat Loyola, Chicago. Everyone's going to bet Loyola, Chicago. Losing Porter Mosier matters. I know it's a veteran team, but I think Ohio State is being underrated here. And Nova, Delaware, absolutely taking the points. If just Gus, because Villanova doesn't really push the pace. So we saw it against Creighton. They beat Creighton, but they didn't cover in the Big East tournament. So 15 and a half for Delaware. I like this Delaware team. I like their guards. Dylan Painter, revenge game. Kudos to you. So there <laughs> we go. Run it down for me, partner. I'll give you the games. You tell me who wins. Uh, Wright State, Bryant. You said Bryant, right? Absolutely. Let's go, Peter Kiss. Straight up. Seton Hall, TCU. Let's go, Hall. Houston, UAB. UAB. Illinois, Chatta. Chatta, straight. Rams or Michigan. Rams, let's go. Tennessee Longwood. Tennessee, please. Ohio State Loyola Chicago. Buckeyes. And Villanova Delaware. Yeah, let's go Nova advancing. I'm going Bryant TCU. I will take oh, I'm gonna take Houston. I'm gonna take Houston, but I'm taking UAB with the point. Okay, no, fair, I know, fair. but I something about this bothers me because it's such a popular upset. I'll take Houston to win, but UAB to cover. Chatta over Illinois, absolutely. Colorado State over Michigan next. Tennessee beats Longwood. Ohio State to win outright versus Louisville, Chicago. And yes, Villanova to win but not cover against Delaware. Yes, moving, like that last one. Moving down to the Midwest. Here we go. Midwest region. Texas Southern minus four versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Following that, we have San Diego State minus two versus Creighton. That's the same as the Open. Next up, we have Iowa minus 10.5 versus Richmond. Now, it opened Iowa minus 9.5, so people are actually betting on the Hawkeyes here. Number is inflated a bit to 10.5. We have Providence minus 2 versus South Dakota State. That could be an hour-long discussion. LSU minus 4 versus Iowa State. It opened minus 4.5, so Iowa State getting a little money there, which is nice. Wisconsin playing in Milwaukee. I've discussed that ad nauseum with Joe yesterday. Wisconsin minus seven and a half versus Colgate. It opened eight and a half. So Colgate getting some money here, even on the road in Milwaukee. USC minus one and a half versus Miami. That's a bizarre game to me. Open two. And Auburn minus 15 and a half versus Jacksonville State. That opened 16 and a half. So again, people betting down when you're talking about your high seeds, they're betting down the number because they like the underdogs. So partner, take it away. All right, let's go with the playing game first. And when you take a look at both of these teams, I, I kind of liked what I saw with Texas A&M. They're 20-10 and 10 versus the spread this year. Ah. But I think one thing you want to pay attention to is Travion Tennyson, the 6'4 guard. Is he healthy? Is he going to play? He only played eight minutes last game. I think if he's healthy, I'm a Texas A&M CC person here. And I love that I might get a couple of points with that. But I think if you're wagering this game, this playing game, definitely check on the health of Trevian Tennyson. San Diego State out of the Mountain West, a team that I've been slow to warm to versus Creighton, who's scalding hot right now, despite not having their freshman point guard. I love Creighton here. 
after we got to see them in person at the Big East tournament, I'm really impressed with the coach, with what Coach Mack has done. Losing your uh, starting point guard and then rebranding everything to figure things out and do it in a successful fashion is really impressive. Here's the way that they're doing it. Kaluma is an NBA player. He's, he's getting he's yeah. he's getting more time. And you might look at the stat sheet and say, like, ah, he's not even averaging double digits. Wait till you watch him. I think he'll be just fine and really comfortable. Hawkins is one of their glue guys. He's their leading scorer, but he's not going to be the leading scorer in this type of game. Kalkbrenner is defensive player of the year. I really in, in inside the Big East. I really love this Creighton team, and I love that they have three freshmen playing big minutes, important minutes, impactful minutes, and they have a rim protector, just like you mentioned earlier. When you have a big, it makes things easier. I love Creighton in this spot. Iowa minus a 10 and a half. It's up a little bit now. So to open Iowa minus nine and a half, now they're getting money and it's up to 10 and a half. So Iowa minus 10 and a half versus Richmond. I still like Iowa, even though the number inflated a tiny bit here. Look, we had Jacob Gilliard on the podcast. Nobody was rooting harder for him to find March success than you and I and all the Spider fans everywhere. It was the picture that he had in the locker room of the A-10 title trophy, the MVP of the tournament plaque, and then you know all tournament team holding all of that bling. That is exactly why seniors come back and want to find success in college basketball. I, I love that picture and I love that moment for him. But you know what? They're going to get smoked. Iowa is absolutely going to smoke them. I, I don't. If it goes to twelve, I might even still hang around there. Providence. The line jumped out as soon as I saw it. As soon as that, I was watching it with Mrs. Randall. As soon as that came out, I said, that is not a good matchup. And I guessed in my head, she said, what do you think it's going to be? I said, three was my guess. It is Providence minus two. It opened minus two and a half. And as I've mentioned, Providence is getting the majority of bets right now. So what do you think? Providence minus two versus South Dakota State. I think the Jackrabbits are live here. I think they're really live. I think if you take a look at if you take a look at their gaudy record, if you take a look at like how they shoot the three, if you take a look at the the the, the scoring across the board, like they're not just going to be able to put Justin Manaya on like you know a Wilson and then shut him down. Like then Shireman's going to go off or Fredell go off. Like one of those guys is going to get free. And we've seen this problem with Providence before where they just play their guys lots of minutes. And the one place that they could have an advantage here is Nate Watson. And after seeing Nate Watson in person, I I don't know if that's necessarily an advantage. So I'm going to go Jackrabbits here, and I just might take them straight up as well. LSU minus four versus Iowa State. Slow game here. Like the under in this game, LSU superior in defense. <laughs> Iowa State plays with a deliberate pace. Cyclones, Tigers, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go Tigers, and the reason I'm going to go Tigers is maybe that team and that roster just needed a reset, and maybe the reset is a good thing for them. We said earlier that Duke was one of those teams. Texas is one of those teams that needs a reset and just use this as a fresh slate. I think LSU falls into that category as well here. I know I may be overrating Wisconsin playing Milwaukee. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm making it seem like this is the Celtics playing in the Garden in the 80s. I I understand that. But they are playing a team in Colgate, to be fair. They're favored by 7.5, open 8.5. That is the type of team that could give them trouble. I'm having trouble getting off of Milwaukee here. What say you? Well, if you look at Colgate, I mean, Keegan Records is, is big enough inside to cause some problems, whether it be offensively or defensively or just to clog things up. Uh, Jack Ferguson, the guard, was one of the most efficient players in the country last season. He's fallen off a little bit this season. I, I just think when you push comes to shove and you have an All-America on your team and you have quality bigs and you're playing in a dome that's going to be all covered in red, I, I like Wisconsin here, and I don't mind if it goes up to eight. USC minus one and a half versus Miami. Two things shocked me. First off, I couldn't believe Miami was a 10. I mean, yeah. they've, they've won, they beat at Duke at Duke. Mm-hmm. They've had some good wins. They had some bad losses. I understand that. But I was shocked they were a 10. And I guess so did Vegas because they only made them a one and a half point underdog against USC. It was pretty good this year. So where do you go? I like Miami and the guards here. I like the, I like Charlie Moore has been everywhere. Do you know he's played at four colleges? Yeah, he's been all over. <laughs> it's I amazing. Know, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so like this is his you know final chance at success as a college uh, student athlete um love uh love wong and then uh, you know uh, i think that the i love i love that they have a three guard attack and then their four man is almost like uh the trigger man on offense i i don't know if usc is for real like yeah we haven't stayed up late to watch them yeah they have a couple of decent wins I don't, I don't, I think they're a little paper tigerish. And, you know, when they got into the top 10 earlier this season, were they really one of the top 10 teams in the nation? No. And are they really a team that should be favored over Miami right now? Yeah, probably no. So I, I love Miami in the spot. Last one in the Midwest, Auburn versus Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State coming from the A-Sun. So Jacksonville State ends up winning the Western side of the A-Sun first year that they've come over from the Ohio Valley. They go, they lose in the semifinals to Jacksonville. However, because they won the regular season title ahead of Jacksonville, they get to go instead of Jacksonville or Bellarmine, who has still not finished their four-year transitional period, the dumbest rule in college basketball. Auburn here going into Jacksonville State, playing them 15 and a half. All right, ready? Here, here are Auburn's last 10 games. A two-point win, a loss. A 22-point win, a 14-point win, a loss. A 13-point win, a loss. An over-T win, 11-point win, and then a loss. I think 15 points is fat. I like Jacksonville State here to kind of keep it close, and if the number you know moves in our direction, I like that even more. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that Auburn, maybe 12 makes more sense. They just haven't been consistent their last 10 games whether it be against the spread or just winning games consistently. So I think a 15-point spread is a little fat. Excellent call. Let's run it back here. I like Texas Southern. I like their schedule. I think your point about the injury is fair. Mm. I think the number could get even a little higher. I almost feel because it's four, it's almost baked in that they think he's not. He's going to be limited. So I will take Texas Southern and lay the points. I hate doing that in the playing game, but I really like the schedule that Texas Southern plays each and every year. I like San Diego State in this game. The only reason I like San Diego State over Creighton is because we did go to the Big East tournament and we watched them. I don't think there was a team that was able to effectively disrupt Creighton's offense without Nemhart and now with Trey Alexander. I think Creighton really struggled. You know, a Villanova's not the type of team, we've talked about this, that's going to turn you over a lot. San Diego State is going to disrupt Trey Alexander bringing his ball up the court. Good point. If they were fully healthy, I think I'd like Creighton. I have not liked San Diego State. I have been a doubting Thomas on San Diego State. (laughs) I made fun of Matt Bradley's successive spin moves. But in the end, I think they're better than I gave them credit for. So I'll lay the small number here with Creighton. Iowa versus Richmond. Man, maybe I got a blind spot. I just believe in Gilliard. I know Iowa's got a ton of offense. And this Keegan Murray and Chris Murray and every other Murray, I understand. Maybe it's Fran, but I like how Richmond's going to turn them over. They do have to shoot well from three. If they don't, they're going to lose by 30 in this game. But the number's a little high. Maybe it gets to 11 or even 12, and I get a backdoor cover. Iowa's going to win. I will take Richmond in the points. Providence minus two against Uh. South Dakota State. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's becoming such a popular pick that I almost want to go with Providence at this point because it is becoming such a popular pick. It's only two. I'm going to take South Dakota State with the Jackrabbits because they post so many points. Providence, you're right. We saw him right in front of us. Nate Watson is not your typical big. South Dakota State struggles inside on the interior. I don't know if Providence can make him pay. And if Nate Watson gets in foul trouble, Croswell comes in and you know what happens then. I'm taking South Dakota State and the Jack. You, you just talked yourself into it right I there. I did. I just told you right, right live on the pod here. LSU minus four versus Iowa State. Bad mojo with LSU. TJ Otzelberger's done a great job coming over from UNLV. This Iowa State team controls pace, gets things in their own level that they want to take control of things. They defend the three very well. LSU is going to have to battle them inside, and they can. I was impressed when Iowa State beat Texas Tech. They also beat Texas. They've played tough teams across the board. The win at TCU away should not be slept on either. I am going to end up taking Iowa State here with these points. I just negative mojo here with Will Wade out the door. Yeah, I'm going to lay the points with Wisconsin. Colgate is the type of team 
that can make this a game. But I, I've watched them, and Jack Ferguson is a tremendous shooter. I just don't think Wisconsin's going to let him shoot. Johnny Davis, your corollary, best player on the floor. Give me Wisconsin laying the points all over Miami. Completely agree with you. Hmm. I think they're underseeded. And when I found in my gut, Gus, that a team was underseeded, I should always pick them. Going back to, gosh, what was it? Um, Oregon State last year. Uh, Oklahoma State a couple of years before that made a sweet 16 when they were a low seed. I'm going to end up going with Miami here. They have the guards. I agree. Wong, USC, I just don't buy, especially not on a neutral court. And finally, totally agree with you with Jacksonville State. Oh. Because Brandon Huffman inside is a quality big who can cause problems in this game for Auburn. He can keep things close. Jacksonville State had played VCU earlier this year. They dominated and played very well inside in the A-Sun, 13-3 and overall. Huffman inside has got to stay out of foul trouble, but he's 6'10", 255. They have some good guards here. They shoot 38.2% from three-point range. That's 11th yeah. best in the country. Backdoor cover on an Auburn team that you brilliantly explained has struggled this year. Give me the outright winners, no spread. Texas Southern, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. I, I'm still going to go with Corporate Christi here. San Diego State, Creighton. Love Creighton. Iowa, Richmond. Iowa. Providence, South Dakota State. <sighs> Jack Rabbits. LSU, Iowa State. Let's go uh, LSU, please. Badgers, Colgate. Whiskey. USC, Miami. Love Miami here. Auburn, Jacksonville State. Auburn, just to get through. I'll go Texas Southern, San Diego State, Iowa, South Dakota State, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Miami, and yes, Auburn to win but not cover. Partner, we got one more to go. Let's bring it home with the East and finish this off. Yes, sir. East bracket. Baylor minus 21 versus Norfolk State. I'll have a strong opinion on this. Not a strong-ass offer like Will Wade, <laughs> but a strong opinion. It opened minus 20. North Carolina minus three now versus Marquette. Indiana minus four versus Wyoming. That's that playing game. We'll get to that in a little bit. UCLA minus 13 and a half versus Akron. That dropped. It opened at 15. People betting Akron. Texas minus one versus Virginia Tech. Hokies absolutely would not have been in the tournament given their seed if they did not win that game against Duke, but they did open Texas minus two. So people are betting Virginia Tech. Call that Gus the Syracuse bet. They always make it in and they shouldn't and they get hot. Yep. Purdue minus 15 and a half versus Yale. That dropped a little bit. Murray State minus one and a half versus San Francisco. I have a lot to say on that. Kentucky minus 18 now against St. Peter's. Opened 15 and a half. Kick it off, partner. Baylor, Norfolk. Oh, let's start. You know what? Let's start with Wyoming, Indiana. The playing game. We'll start with the playing game. Wyoming, Indiana. Very interesting game, Gus. It opened Wyoming minus three and a half. And now it's Indiana minus four. That's a seven and a half point swing. People love the Hoosiers. Do you? No, not at all. You're looking at Trey Jackson Davis, one of the best players in the country. Let's call him one of the top 12 best players in the country. He's going to look directly across from him and be looking in the mirror with a slightly less verticality in Graham EK. So that to me is a little bit of a wash. I don't know if I don't know if Indiana has a guard that's going to be willing to guard Hunter Maldonado. I, I don't know. They're going to run a ton of offense through him in the post, and I'm not sure that Indiana has tried to defend that type of uh, offensive attack before. I love that the line has flipped here, and I love that that Wyoming is now the underdog. I, I love Wyoming straight up. I, I think they're going to win this game. Baylor minus 21 versus Norfolk State. Who did Norfolk State beat? Missouri? Is that how they yeah. beat a couple of you when the 215s advanced? One was the Lehigh? Uh, yes, that was that Kim English team. Kim, you, any, you got any time now? What do you think? Yeah, Norfolk, they got a repeat? Uh, no, I don't think so. I know that the <laughs> Baylor injury thing is going to uh, affect the way that people, uh, how they invest their money here. But just to, this is just my Baylor take overall. I think that the injuries are just going to provide Brown and Sohan further opportunity, and they're going to make themselves a lot of money in this tournament. So I think that the, as much as the injuries are going to hurt, and of course they're going to limit their depth, more minutes for those two players, I think that's a recipe for success for Baylor. You always have a better read on these teams than I do. North Carolina minus three Marquette. Hmm. 
clash of styles here. You know that Marquette's going to defend, and you know that defending is optional for UNC, but they will get up and down and shoot it and jack it. Here's what I'm going to lean on here. Morcel is probably going to you know shut down one of the guards, whether it be you know Love or Smith or something like that, and then they can put Leaky Black on whoever they want. I don't know if they necessarily have an answer for Baycott. And so when you have a line as small as this, I'm going to go with best player on the floor, best rebounder on the floor, and best scorer on the floor. I'll take UNC, slight lean there for UNC, because of best player on the floor uh, option. UCLA minus 13.5 versus Akron. It's interesting because Akron's not necessarily the MAC team that I would be worried about. I was thinking that maybe one of the other MAC teams would do make a little make a little noise or do a little damage. They've played really well. They have an eight game winning streak. So Akron, you know, getting some attention and that line moving is 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 justified. I'm going to tell you that I don't think UCLA is going to be worried about Akron that much either. And I'm going to lead on Tiger Campbell and one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the country makes me happy when that's what my point guard is doing. Texas minus one versus the Hokies. I mean, isn't Texas the most on tilt team in the tournament? I mean, it it just seems like they're just on tilt. Texas against the spread, 12, 19, and one. Virginia Tech against the spread, 19 and 16. Give me the Hokies, please. Purdue, 15 and a half versus a dangerous Yale team that I lost money on against Princeton. Now, if Princeton was the representative here, I don't know if they'd be matched up with Purdue. That might be a whole different situation. That would be a team I'd be worried about. This Yale team, I know Swain's awesome. Unbelievable shooter, very gifted, gritty, is not, you know, is not going to be intimidated. But I, I think they're going to be too little on the front line. I, I don't think they're going to get, you know, I don't think they're going to pull an out rebounding situation like they did with Baylor a couple of years ago. I like Purdue here and I like the points. Murray State minus one and a half for San Francisco. As much as I want to jump on Coach Golden and and really reinforce our backing for the WCC, I kind of can't can't get away from Murray State. KJ Williams, 6'9, 6'10, legit big inside that can do a ton of things. Tevin Brown, 6'5 guard, definitely garnering some attention, even some NBA eyes. Mike, gun to your head. Just off the top of your head, no research. Who do you think shoots it better from three? San Francisco or Murray State? My instinct would be San Francisco. Correct. They both shoot at 35%. So mm. that any sort of like, oh, well, they, they're going to shoot it well from deep. Guess what? Murray State shoots it as well within a percentage point. So I, I like Murray State here. Give me Murray State. They might have the best big on the floor, and they definitely have the best guard on the floor, even though San Francisco's guards with Shabazz are really talented and playing well. And Kentucky now minus 18 versus the Peacocks of St. Peter's. Listen, KD Indefo is awesome. He's just awesome. He's a great college player. Is he going to play in the NBA? I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. But he is a great defensive player. He efforts. He embodies what St. Peter's is about. Now, if we're going to take a look at the spreads here, St. Peter's is 20 and 9 versus the spread, and Kentucky is 15 and 18. So maybe St. Peter's hangs around for a little bit. I kind of like St. Peter's in the points here a tiny bit. If it goes up to 20-ish, I like it even more. All right, running it back. I liked Indiana when it opened. I don't like Indiana at four. <laughs> okay. I liked them getting three and a half. I do not like them getting four. I will take Wyoming and those points. Absolutely. All the reasons you outlined the Baylor line is one of the most absurd lines. I'm betting a lot of shekels on Baylor and Norfolk mm-hmm. State. Right. I'm taking Baylor, laying the points here against Norfolk. It's not enough. That zone's going to be a problem. This game has at least 30 points written all over it. I don't know why it's so low. Right. UNC Marquette. I didn't like what I saw from Marquette. These are two teams I don't like. Okay. <laughs> I think Shock has done a good job with Marquette this year, but I didn't Absolutely. like what I saw there. In the tournament, I will take UNC because they are so hot and because of the presence of Baycock inside for all the reasons that you said. UCLA, Akron, eh, I'll take UCLA. I mean, they're going to they're gonna be chomping at the bit. Tough loss here in the, in the Pac-12 finals. They're going to be ready to go to try to get back to that final four. They have a veteran team. Yu Zhang, Hakez, Tiger, yeah, 
UCLA minus 13 and a half. Love the Hokies. I hated Texas all year long. I told you this. No Trey Mitchell inside. They're going to lock down defensively. I like the under in this game, but I just like what Mike Young's running. Hunter Couture is on fire. I think they're the better coach team right now. I think Texas is in a little bit of a transition with Chris Beard. I like Texas' defense. I don't like their offense, and I think Virginia Tech can score on anyone. I will take the Hokies. Purdue versus Yale. It's really simple for me here, partner. Purdue has not covered 10 games in a row. The last game they covered was February 8th against Illinois. Did not cover Michigan, Maryland, Northwestern, Rutgers, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa. Thank you very much. I don't like Yale, but I will take them in this game because Purdue just hasn't covered and their defense is not stopping anyone. Murray State versus San Francisco, all over the racers. I love them. I know they haven't played a lot of teams in the non-conference. I don't care. This team is good. This team is legit. 30-2. and San Francisco, of course, we're trying to figure out, and I think he's going to play – Masalski had an injury, uh, so I think he's gonna. He is gonna play. He could have played in the game against Gonzaga, but Golden said he held him out. Maybe he's a little hampered. I'll take Murray State here. It's a short line. Kentucky minus St. Peter's. I think Kentucky eventually pulls ahead. If you want to take the halftime line for St. Peter's, sure. no problem with that. I just think the Wildcats are too good. Gus, here we go. Give me the winners. No spread. Baylor, Norfolk State. Baylor. Carolina, Marquette. UNC. Wyoming, Indiana. Wyoming. UCLA, Akron. UCLA, please. Texas, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Purdue, Yale. Purdue. Murray State, San Fran. Murray State, please. Kentucky, St. Peter's. Big Blue Nation. And I'm going Baylor, North Carolina. I will take Indiana. I think four is too much. I'll take Wyoming to cover Indiana to win. I know it's only four, but I do like Trace Jackson Davis. I just think it's too much. UCLA, absolutely. Virginia Tech to win outright, six, 11 over a 6. Purdue to beat Yale. Let's not go crazy. Murray State over San Fran. I don't think they slow them down enough on defense. And Kentucky beating St. Peter's. There you have it, folks. Betting pros. We went around. We gave you every single first-round game. It was a pleasure, Gus, to have you on the Betting Pros podcast. Follow Gus Kearns at Kearns 12 on Twitter. And guys, don't forget the March Madness Bracket Contest. It's free to enter, bettingpros.com slash March. And of course, free to enter that contest, 2,500 in prizes from FanDuel. We got the Shaquille O'Neal signed jersey for first, the Giannis Antetokounmpo signed Bucks jersey for second, John Calipari Wildcats jersey for third, and of course, it should be the first place prize, the Bob Knight signed 16 by 20 photo inscribed (laughs) best wishes. Gus, anything else? I think that's it. No, I, I can't wait to check out the optimizer that you were talking about for mm-hmm. Fantasy Pros. I think that's going to be a really cool tool to explore. So uh, listeners out there, if you're looking for another like avenue to find another metric or another angle that you really are, are trying to key into, that might be the tool to use. And uh, Mike, pleasure spending some time talking some hoops. Thanks for having me on. Gus Kearns, I'm Mike Randall for Betting Pros. March Madness is here. Enjoy. Enjoy.